Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Season 2 of Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast powered by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M. And here we're dedicated to highlighting fast-growing Aggie entrepreneurs, learning how they overcome challenges with creative growth hacks, and connecting them with other entrepreneurs and the Aggie Network. This season, we have some amazing Ags lined up, and they're going to share their stories, and they want to give back to the Aggie entrepreneur community. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your other host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Whoop! Well, we got a little story for you, Ags. Jared Steffen, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2004 and former roommate of Aggie football great Jamar Toombs, saw an opportunity to bring a taste in Jersey to Aggieland. In 2019, he opened his first Jersey Mike Sandwich franchise on the Rock Prairie Road location, and it has grown gangbusters ever since. So pass it back and listen up to Jared as he shares some good bull. Welcome back, Ags. This is Aggie Growth Hacks, and Greg Martin and Chris Hunter today, we've got Jared Stuff, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2004. And Jared is the Jersey Mike's franchise here in Aggieland. Jared, you opened up Jersey Mike's, what, probably about a year and a half, two years ago, and it has been an amazing success. I know that your meatball sub is my son's absolute favorite meal. So thank you for bringing the Jersey Mike's meatball sub to Aggieland. Thank you for what you do, and thank you for joining us today. Man, that, that's a uh, slippery slope here, you, you know, with us uh, cutting the meatball out. Uh, we're we're going to have to convert your, your son over to that, that Philly cheese steak. Say, wait, 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 what? So uh, I'm I'm gonna let you tell him that I'm not telling that man. No, so, <laughs> so, no. Well, great, great to uh, be part of this, and really, really excited to experience this, guys. Well, thanks, Jerry. We we know that you have immediately uh, ingrained yourself into the business community here in Bryan College Station, and, and I see your brand everywhere. I see your cards, and I know that you're you're hustling out there and you're doing great things, but. Can you tell us, one, why did you choose to open up Jersey Mike's in Aggieland? And then two, what's your favorite Aggie memory? Pick Jersey Mike's. Kind of a weird, I didn't even know anything about Jersey Mike's. I had a buddy get married in Austin. He went to Jersey Mike's. Being class of 04, we had New York Sub on Northgate. We absolutely loved New York Sub. Uh, he and I both, he's a local business owner, Jed Waltmath. He has uh, several businesses. And so great guy, great commandant for going back and forth. We we grab lunch and we talk business quite often. And uh, he knew we were moving back after my wife's residency program, our little hiatus in Denver for three years. We knew we wanted to get back to Texas to raise a family. So then I just kind of started looking at what my different options were. He said, hey, you ought to check out Jersey Mike's. I checked it out. Hey, this is the closest thing to uh, New York Sun that I've ever had. And uh, let's give it a try. I call him. Hey, uh, no, the Franchise opportunity is not there in College Station. You know, I was kind of bummed. I was like, man, it took too long. So I started looking at other franchises. I looked at, uh, you know, while I was in Denver, I looked at Freebirds. Pretty tough market. Yep. Chipotle starting in Denver, and they had some really tough uh, requirements for Freebirds. And so, I mean, I was looking at just what I thought may, may work here. I also looked at that it's a sandwich shop. It should be something that's relatively simple. I can get some great employees. I can step out and I can either chase another career, real estate. You know, I, I looked, I got my real estate license. I, I looked at maybe doing some fix and flips, maybe starting to be a, a home builder and do construction. I got into Jersey Mike's and realized how much passion, how much detail goes into each one of these sandwiches. I mean, it's it's not a, a subway, peel the wax paper off meat, slap it on there and send them out the door. Um, I mean, it's 
talking to your customers, knowing your customers, being in the store all the time. And so those fresh sliced sandwiches, hot, fresh subs, I mean, they're great, but there's a lot more detail to making a good product and passion that goes into, you know, a good business and making it um, successful. And I've, I've definitely learned that. But making Joe's mics, you know, I, I finally, I contacted him again after I didn't see it come to town after a year. They said, yeah, opportunity is available. You ought to uh, take a look at it. I started doing my research. Uh, not easy with franchises, man. Franchises, they do guard a lot of their information. So it, it's tough to get a strong feeling. And I mean, you and I sat and looked at business plan and, you know, I, I wrote business plan thinking I wasn't going to be nearly as successful as, as I have been blessed to, to be. Uh, hit my year goal in five months with my revenue. I mean, it was yes. absolutely amazing. Wow. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's been a really, really good experience going up to New Jersey, meeting the owner that still works every day, meeting his wife that helps work, meeting everybody that grew the brand from when they were in high school. I mean, he bought this brand as a 17 year old and grew it to what it is now. And Peter Cancro's amazing guy. I mean, he's, he gives back, he gives back. And I mean, he continues to give, 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 not even for the accolades. I mean, a lot of times it's just silent giving and just being a heck of a flint. And so seeing the passion, seeing the family draw, being from Texas, being from Brenham, you know, small town, coming to A&M and, and feeling that family environment. I mean, conversation growing crazy, but still know everybody, right? You know, it's such a small town whenever you right. write it down and everybody knows everybody. It's just whenever I went up there, I, I felt that draw with Jersey Mike's and I got a really, really good feeling about everything. So that and they, they weren't just handing out franchises, which is great. I had to fly up to Jersey. I had to go shake hands. I had to kind of go through an interview process. So knowing that, that they weren't just going to dilute the brand, that's important for me. And trying to go into business with a brand is a big decision that it's not going to wash out. I'm going to be stuck with a 10-year lease. Five years down the road, the brand goes to the wayside. Something else comes in. You know, that was another thing. It's, they've got a pretty unique flavor uh, profile with Jersey Mike's. They've got the fresh hot subs and the fresh cold subs. It's a little bit different than some of the other brands. I, I felt like I had some protection there. So, you know, did a lot of thinking. I kind of overthink everything. But uh, finally uh, pitched the idea to my wife and got some weird looks from her. Hey, you're, you're going to go into food. You know, she knew I always wanted to go into business for myself at some point. Uh, once she got done with the uh, residency program and everything, I finally got that opportunity. And uh, she saw my passion and she uh, she stepped behind me and she said, all right, let's do this. You know, she's 100% on board. And like I said, could not be more blessed with the way everything has turned out. So what a great story. You really have brought so much to Brian College Station with that attitude, with that with that spirit. So, I mean, we really do appreciate, you know, all joking aside, we really do appreciate you and bringing Jersey Mike's and the passion that you bring to our community. Hard to pin it down to one. Is, is, am I kissing up if I say it's whenever I, I joined K1 and got to meet <laughs> Whenever you uh, met Mr. Martin, Martin for the first time. Had Mr. Martin, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, coming off of September 11th, the red, white, and blue out was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Walking into that stadium... And being a part of that and seeing that, I mean, just gave you chills. And that was absolutely amazing. I knew Texas A&M, my sister's class 01, 0104. She got her master's as well shortly after. And so I knew kind of what to expect, but being a part of the Aggie family was just, it was amazing. And being part of the September 11th, you know, tribute was really, really cool. 
I mean, so I, I think that that kind of stands out in my mind. I mean, I have a ton of different fun memories, um, some that we can't really discuss on the podcast, and then some, <laughs> you know, some funny ones. I, I had a uh, sweet mate as Jamar Toombs whenever I was living in Kane Hall early off, and we had a fire drill, and they had to pull him out of there, and he was crying, and tomorrow what's wrong, you know? And no. Boat's like, what, what are you talking about tomorrow? He's watching the Titanic and didn't realize that the boat was going to sink. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was that was a good, uh, good fun memory as well. So now we <laughs> to whom say and you're you're part of that, Terry. You, you know all about that one. So, but no, it was Anum. Great, great memories. But uh, that's one that definitely stands out in my mind. I love that. Pretty awesome uh, memory right there. That's hilarious with the uh, uh, tombs there. That's awesome. Something that no one in the world probably has. Right, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty. The good awesome. thing is he's coming after you, not yeah. us. If he hears this, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So let's switch gears just a tiny bit here, right? And let's talk about COVID. What has been the most surprising thing that's happened, or challenges that has happened during COVID, and how are you hacking and overcoming those challenges? So Jersey Mike's is about the experience. It's not just about great food. And we have great products, uh, great ingredients, and it's fresh and it's made right there in front of you and you can taste the difference. But it's also about having those relationships. It's like a local deli and not being able to really have those conversations with plexiglass up with face mask on, you know, you can barely hear each other talking back and forth. It gets frustrating and it's tough to keep the morale up of, you know, trying to talk uh, through those barriers and trying to get everything right. The, the next thing is that everybody's switching to online ordering and our online ordering blew up during COVID and it's great that we have been able to thrive and we've found how to pivot through this and really be successful through COVID and and through such a terrible time for so many other businesses. But at the same time, it does definitely add challenges. Trying in a 1500 square foot little build out in a very narrow building for me, trying to figure out where to put all these bags, trying to make sure that my eight, nine, ten dollar an hour folks actually pay attention enough to get all the orders, the online orders correct, all these third party orders. You know, the third party guys, they're great, but they don't put a whole lot of effort into making sure any of those orders are right whenever they come to pick them up. In fact, I had an experience last night. We had Mexican food and uh, they forgot our queso. We contacted the DoorDash driver. Sorry, I'm on another dash. Sorry about your luck. So, I mean, it's that's one that's been very, very difficult, just making sure that we focus on our in-house customers, but trying to focus on all the online orders and making sure we have everything 100% correct. Just having upset customers that they make mistakes online. They don't understand the online process. And then it kind of falls back onto us and just not having that people interaction. I mean, that in-person interaction to be able to make things right, you know, with people eating in house, if something wasn't right, they open up their sandwich, they can bring it back to us and say, Hey, you know, I wasn't supposed to have tomatoes. I wasn't having, you know, whatever the, the problem is. So it just really having to pay attention to details a lot more. So when, when people don't get exactly what they want, it's, it's tough for me. How do you do that? Because you can only control what you can control. So is it through education of your customers? Is it education of the third-party vendors? Is it systems that you build in place for your team? How do you manage the chaos that is beyond your door? By stressing the importance 
and constantly stressing, constantly training the employees to look at those details, look at those bill tickets of how the sandwiches are being built, marking everything, communication. I mean, it's it's all about communication in such a small area with that many people trying to work and trying to shuffle people through as quick as possible. It's just constant training. I mean, you can never let up on the throttle. And the biggest thing that I've learned is as soon as you get comfortable is when you start making mistakes. That's Complacency is evil. And it's so hard to try to stress to always be better every day. Make yourself a better person. And that's my biggest message to all my employees. And that seems kind of like a big item for a bunch of high school kids, a bunch of college kids, and you know, kids that are you know, not making a whole lot of money is try to stress the importance of growing to be a better person beyond Jersey Mike's, beyond mm-hmm. always strive to be better in your life and just getting the details right that way. When we make mistakes, own up to them. And, you know, try to make sure that I get my customers back in, give them, give them something for free, refund their tickets. It doesn't pay to argue with the customer, obviously. I mean, in a customer service setting, what is it for me to lose $20 in the sale or whatever the, the ticket may be? to, you know, keep that customer happy. And that's, that's the biggest thing is swallow your pride in customer service. And even if you know that they made the mistake on their end, I had somebody not understand how to order a sub in a tub, which is no bread. He had a regular bread bill ticket, a white bread, Italian number 13. And then in comments at the bottom, he said, sub in a tub, extra lettuce. For us, my employees should have seen that. They should have kept that, that pickup order off to the side and ask the guy whenever he came in. But it, it didn't happen. At in hand, I said, hey, we'll give you another free sub. And here's a couple of screenshots. I was texting with him. I was, and I gave him some screenshots and said, hey, you know, in the future, here's how you would order a sub in a tub. And, you know, just try to coach everyone. You know, with the new brand, there is a lot of confusing parts about our app, about our online ordering. You know, things go down. We had our online ordering go down last night for a couple hours. We've got free, free delivery right now with our online app. There's definitely a learning curve. There's there's always a learning curve of somebody walking in, we're building their sandwich. Hey, do you want a Mike's way? And they said, Microwave? You know, I don't want my sandwich microwave. <laughs> I don't want Mike's way. Well, what's Mike's way? Onion, lettuce, tomato, oil, vinegar, oregano, and salt. So then you're just walking them through and hopefully they love the product and they're coming back and, and we become regulars to where they know exactly how to go through the process. We bet out, you know, those mistakes. My biggest heartburn, I guess, is when there is a mistake made either on our part or on, on the customer's part. It's obviously always going to fall onto our shoulders, but if they don't reach out, then it just trying to get those customers back in to give them a better experience. is It's definitely a challenge of trying to figure out how to identify, you know, identifying on our end when we realize that, hey, we had this extra sub. Oh, crap. You know, where was that supposed to be? Was it supposed to be in that bag? We, we identify, I try to go back. I try to pull up tickets. I try to find phone numbers. I text, I call. I try to go above and beyond. That's whenever I'm in the store. And my manager tries to do that from time to time, but being such a high volume store, some of it gets dropped. And so it, it does definitely make it hard to, uh, to deal with. But the fact that you're taking that time out to be able to communicate on those, and you can't do it for everyone, but to be able to, to make that up, that that's amazing. And Jared, it's, it sounds like that Jersey Mike's and in, in your business really wasn't negatively impacted by COVID, but everyone has learned so much through the last six to eight months. What's the biggest thing that you as an entrepreneur, you as an individual, you as a business owner in Aggieland have learned during COVID? I would say, you know, for me, whenever I'm in the store, 
especially right now, as we're kind of coming, hopefully on the tail end of this, um, and even during the, the thick of it, make people comfortable. Try to still talk to people. Don't just treat this as an excuse to do half your job. You know, still give that customer service. Always stress the importance of the details. Like I said, you know, with these online orders and even in-house, you know, there's a lot of a lot less talking between us and the customers. You have to make sure that you catch the details. You're making the sandwich. You're still talking to them and treat them as a person and give them a break from the solidarity of COVID. You know, it's sitting in their house, teaching their kids, you know, on, on Zoom and they need a break. They need some interaction with other adults or sometimes hard to call some of my employees adults, but you know, it's, they just need a conversation every once in a while. You know, I, I try to, every time I'm in there, I try to make conversation, especially when we're not slam busy and try not to hold everybody up uh, during a quick lunch rush. But, uh, you know, definitely trying to humanize the process, trying to keep people engaged is is one of the big things and like you said we we weren't impacted greatly we were definitely impacted uh, along with everybody else we probably lost about 30 40 percent revenue for about a month month and a half so i mean there, there was definitely an impact government stepped up this ppp program was was amazing for small businesses and definitely utilized didn't know how long we were going to be impacted for and i think there was i, I think at the end of the day they're only putting a 60 or 65 70 percent Bonus on the labor portion of the PPP, the latest thing I saw. But I mean, I, I gave out 85%, 82% of my PPP back to my employees. I, I staffed up heavy. I gave them extra hours. I made sure that everybody was taken care of. I was very, very uh, transparent through the whole process. Hey, guys, I got this money from the government. This is to help y'all. This is for helping the economy. And so this is what we're going to do. It. So I definitely tried to utilize it the way it was supposed to be utilized and and it worked out great we bounced back after about a you know five six week period and we've actually been up year on year which is that's hard to believe awesome that's really awesome so is there anything that is changing in your broad industry is there anything that that you see on the horizon there that's coming you know the restaurant industry just uh, what's going on what what do you think is going to happen because of covid because of everything that's happened in the past 6 months you have to try to weigh in how much of this is environmental there's so many people that are starting to understand you don't need huge lobbies you know even with Jersey Mike's my next store is 1,800 square feet. You know, I wanted more more area to kind of stretch my legs out and have more catering area to to be able to make these big AM orders and everything else. And I'm excited to have the bigger store and have more seating. But at the same time, you know, Jersey Mike's is starting to kind of look back and say, you know, do we start experimenting with you know pickup only stores? In the past, a Jersey Mike's would do typically you know 70 75 percent takeout. So we didn't have a lot of seating because of those reasons. My store at, at Rock Prairie, we were filling the seats up pretty regularly. Uh, during COVID, it's been nice to be able to focus on, you know, since there's been so much focus on the details of the online orders and trying to get those bags out there and trying to get, get everything set up to where it's, it's the easiest process for people to walk in, grab their bags and leave and not have to, you know, wait around. It's been nice not to have to focus on cleaning the lobby, wiping down tables every time somebody leaves, you know, especially with COVID, you know, before be able to go out there and wipe down tables, you know, as a few tables would start to free up and make sure that they weren't just filthy. And we'd sweep you know, a couple of times, you know, throughout the day, just make sure it wasn't disgusting out there. But, you know, with COVID, 
you've got such different perspectives of what the businesses need to do. And I, I think a lot of times people don't really understand what that cost is back on the business as well. You know, I mean, having to staff up an, an entire extra person just to do curbside or just to do the takeout, just to load bags, make sure that all those bags are right. And during a time for a lot of businesses when revenue is down, I mean, that's really, really tough. But as, as we go forward, you know, are people going to get used to this new life? Is this the new norm? Uh, I mean, obviously we'll come out of this and we'll go back to some normalcy, but yeah. for a restaurant, is this going to push more people to continue to do third party delivery and, you know, in-house delivery or whatever it is, is it going to shrink the footprints of restaurants to where they don't have quite as much of the burden of the rent and everything, all the overheads, you know, honestly, like I said, I wish I had an answer because as I'm on the brink of trying to find a third and a fourth location, a fifth location, as I grow my franchise, you know, I, I really would love to, to lower my responsibility or my overhead responsibilities. But at the same time, I don't want to lose business because I know there's a lot of people that are not going out to eat because of the inability to sit down with coworkers or with friends and have a, an in-house experience. Uh, a socially distanced in-house experience. Right. So as you're looking at, at building that franchise out, when you're looking at locations, are you looking at somewhere where you can build something with a drive through window maybe or anything like that? I don't know if Jersey Mike's does that, but... They've experimented with it and I really pushed it hard on my first location, which I'm glad I didn't do for my first location. Obviously, this location, even on the end cap there, I've got electric gutter, you know, just the overall plans. It's really, really hard to get in with a drive through just because city planning has to build an entire traffic plan for that through the parking lot and the number of parking spots for the building based on what they think the tenants are going to be and how many restaurants can be in a development and everything. So there's a lot of rules and regulations on the, the drive through Trying to get a second-gen drive through is, is not easy either. Um, I do have one on the table possibly down university right now, and, and I'm definitely taking it serious. But at the same time, you get a drive through you don't have that experience. So you're taking out a, a big piece of Dursing Mice. It's the talking to the customers and trying to relate with them and learning right. their face and what their order is. You know, I've got some employees that know exactly what people are going to order as soon as they walk in the door. Hey, you having a number 13 on Rosemary Parm today? No onions, you know, extra vinegar. You know, they, they know exactly what the order is because we have these regulars that come in, some of them a couple times a week. And so not having that interaction, you know, it'll, it'll play out that don't want the interaction. And like I said, seeing how this landscape changes as we come out of COVID now, and we kind of go back to normalcy and, and having the interaction, you know, are we going to go back to complete interaction? You know, is, is this going to change the landscape? I definitely, I like the idea of at least having one location with the drive-thru. I definitely think that we we miss out on some of that. But then I see some of these, there's a subway in town that has a drive-thru and they don't even use it. And so I don't know, like some of these businesses don't even utilize the drive-thru, even if they have the drive-thru capabilities. So what does that mean? You know, I haven't taken the time to really dig into their business plan to figure out why they're not utilizing that. You know, with the subway, all the toppings, trying to figure out what those toppings would be on the sandwich and getting that right, keeping everybody happy. That's a little bit more challenging than saying, hey, I want a number one with a Coke. When your biggest variety or variable is the drink. Exactly, exactly. Well, Jared, you, you talked a lot about growth 
and you you are opening up your second location at uh, so you're right off Rock Prairie, but now you're going to be at the the new HEB location. You uh, I think you alluded to Brenham, potentially Brian. So so having three or four or five locations, you are a huge shop local guy. You have integrated very quickly into the business environment of here in, in Bryan College Station. So what is your your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal? Is, is it to be the biggest Jersey Mike's franchise over in Texas, in west of the U.S., <laughs> the entire U.S.? <laughs> What's your BHAG? Man, I'm chasing $5 million a year in revenue. That's my biggest goal right now, whether that's four stores, that's five stores. I, I know what my EBITDA number is. That's your earnings before, interest, taxes, depreciation, all that. Starting to sound like a bank nerd. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, you know, I I keep kind of doing the math. And for me, again, quality of life. I want my wife, you know, she's a full-time family medicine doc for Baylor Scott & White. Baylor Scott & White's been amazing to us. They were amazing through the, the twin situation. But I'd also love for her to be able to take a step back and play that role of mom a little bit more because she is an amazing mother to our girls but I also want to be here as much as I can and spend time with my wife. I definitely think that, you know, business is, it's such a hard balance as we all know, you know, with, especially once you kind of get into the entrepreneurial route, I can go up to the store and tell my wife, Hey, I'm just going to go up there and pop in. I'll be back in 30 minutes. And two and a half hours later, she's calling me, where the heck are you? <laughs> the, the twins have pooped three times. I'm tired of changing diapers. You can't get home. They're crying. You know, so it's tough to balance that drive of wanting everything to be perfect in my in my stores and and also getting back and making sure that I'm I'm the best dad and husband that I can be. Love that. So, yeah. But I mean the big hair, hey, like I said, five million, man. It's that's nice. that's my Good. my chase right now. If I can do that, I think I can I can afford to hire some some great people underneath me. And that's my biggest challenge, my biggest goal to do over the next year, year and a half is to really identify great talent that I can bring with me and offer them a great lifestyle um, nice. along with me to take some of that pressure off, off my shoulders as well. Absolutely. Love it. Great BHAG. All right. This brings us to our lightning round. So here, here's the rules on, on lightning round. You got to answer it within one minute or less. All right. So we're going to start off with what is your favorite hack? This can be personal or business. I love hacks, but man, magic erasers for for parents, man, I, I don't know if it's really a hack, uh, but my goodness, those things are amazing. Business hack, polishing the walk-ins with mayonnaise. Never heard of that one, but the aluminum on the side, cleaning those things. I have an employee from another store in another town in Fort Worth, and he was like, yeah, mayonnaise, you're full of it. Now, rub down a walk-in with mayonnaise, and that thing was shining. It was perfectly clean. I Wow. Would never believe it. Wow, I don't know if there's oil in there, but it worked amazing. That's cool. Well, what is one book, podcast, YouTube channel, something that, that you're getting a lot of value out of that you think that our listeners would also get a lot of value out of? Man, I, I wish that uh, I was that ambitious too. <laughs> I'm awful. I, I will tell you, my the two books that sit on my, my bedside table that I'm still not cracked open is a whiskey manual of... Uh, the different whiskeys areas, everything else. And I, I went to a Walter Bond motivational speech. Uh, Jerry Mike's was parading him around and he had a book and I've still yet to crack that one. Over. I am absolutely awful at taking the time to read. I totally get it. I'll throw one at you then. Getaudible.com. 
just pick a book. I, I recommend Profit First. Get a book. If y'all don't know, our audience doesn't know, Greg Martin is a Profit First professional. So anyways, it's just a short plug in there. All right. So we all know how valuable that the Aggie Network is. Is there anyone in your in the Aggie Network that you'd like to say thank you to? You know, with the Aggie sports, the trainers and everybody reaching out to me and, and making my business successful with their orders Aggie Moms. My mom was a federation president for Aggie Moms in the earlier 2000s. And those ladies are amazing as well. You know, I try to help them out as much as I can whenever they have their meetings and Aggie Mom uh, boutiques and everything else like that. So I've got a couple couple uh, people that I, I know up in the association and everything. But as far as like direct, you know, like I said, the, the sports side of things, they've been amazing uh, to me. In fact, I'm doing two massive feeding the football team today and the girls soccer is actually heading to, I think Ole Miss. And so just dropped off right before got back home for this, uh, dropping off boxes for, for the AM uh, girls soccer team. So if they win, you know why. That, that's exactly right. <laughs> and, th- and thank God for Aggie football. I think that we are all ecstatic that the SEC is <laughs> is stepping up. And uh, it, it's great to hear that you, again, you've, you've constantly given back to the Aggie Network to be able to, to be connected. But how can the Aggie Network support you? Being such a, a close-knit group is just getting the opportunities to prove myself, being able to, to kind of break through that shell of uh, being part of their vendor list. You know, I, I help out AM transportation. I help out the, the sports. Uh, there's a couple of departments that I've helped out along the way, but just trying to get in with the different groups and having the opportunity to, to prove that we are going to exceed expectations, hopefully, and that we can continue to give back to, to AM. And as I move forward and get more of a footprint here in town and I'm able to kind of give back to the university more so as well, you know, sponsoring some different events is really something that I'd like to get into doing as well. So I know with Learfield sports, they've been trying to kind of court me to try to do some sports marketing and stuff like that. So we're looking at that as well. And I want to say uh, Jersey Mike's corporate is looking at teaming up with Texas A&M here in the near future. Awesome. So how can the Aggie Network get in touch with you and help you? How, how can they get, get in touch? Man, I have, I have my cell phone on my card at the, at the store, but I, you know, hit me up on my cell phone, shoot me a text. Uh, they can email me, jerseymikesbcs at yahoo.com. My phone number is 979-219-0854. Like I said, you can go in the store. I try to keep a card up there. Um, I randomly get calls from customers that want to order number 17 or a number seven <laughs> while I'm sitting at the house having dinner. And I'm like, Oh, well, let me, let me take your, let me, let me write down your order so we don't get it wrong. But, uh, this is, this is actually the owner's uh, cell phone. So, uh, I'll, I'll give you the store number so you make sure we get, get your order right. But I'm, I'm always available and I don't try to hide behind a, you know, a veil of a fake number or fake email address. I did just set up that email address just to try to keep my spam filter from filtering out all the important emails and all the multiple junk mail. So 
Well, Jared, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for being part of the local economy. Uh, thank you for bringing Jersey Mike's in, at least for a little while longer, the meatball sub <laughs> to, to Aggie Land. It, it really has been such a, such a privilege to be able to, to speak with you. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your open-handedness. And uh, if y'all have not stopped by the Jersey Mike's stuff, there's one off Rock Ferry, and then one's opening up in Jones Crossing, soon to come to Brenham, Brian, all of Central Texas. <laughs> and look look for our grand opening at Jones Crossing, October 14th. We team up with a local charity. My first store, was, I teamed up with Scotty's House. The second uh, store, I think I'm going to, I'm looking at a couple different charities, but uh, Ronald McDonald House is near and dear to our heart, you know, due to our, our yes. situation up in, in Temple. So there's a good chance that we're going to be trying to raise some money for them. Uh, I was able to raised $8,000 my first year to give back to Scotty's house. Uh, we have a day of giving with Jersey Mike's, which is absolutely amazing. And it's actually an ex ag Dalton who's up in the Dallas uh, area. He's the area manager and franchisee up there that started the day of giving across the whole nation. And Jersey Mike's gives millions of dollars. We give a hundred percent of our revenue a day in the last Wednesday, I believe in March every year. And, uh, also, during my five-day grand opening, we'll we'll run some kind of special to uh, make sure that we raise as much money that we can for the local charities and, and try to get some money back into the community. That's fantastic. So, Jones Crossing opening, grand opening, October 14th. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Jerry. We really appreciate uh, you joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for including me. How about that, Eggs? That is what you call some good bull. There were some valuable hacks that Jared shared with us. What was your favorite, Greg? Well, Chris, I think the thing that really stuck out to me, there, there was two of them. He said them real close together. But communication is key and complacency is evil. I think that talking with entrepreneurs on a daily basis, being able to clearly communicate your vision to your staff, to your customers, to everyone that you work with, that is so critical. And, and everybody knows it but very few people actually voice it out loud or actually work on it. But then I also loved how he never wanted to get complacent, always wanted his staff to to get better, always wanted to teach them to be better, not only as employees and serving as customers, but as individuals and people. So those were great takeaways for me. Man, I, I 100% agree on that. And I'm constantly preaching that to my employees, to myself, you know, on, on proper communication. So I totally, totally agree with you on that. My biggest takeaway, absolute biggest takeaway was about constantly training, right? He's constantly got to train. It sounded like not only his employees, which we all have to do as entrepreneurs, we all have to ensure that everyone is properly trained at their position, right? But it also sounds like he's got to train his customers too on how to order because right. their ordering system is a little bit different than anywhere else and, and their subs are just a little bit different. So I think that's that's a huge piece there and something that I'm probably going to take away into my own business today is that I've got to constantly train my own customers as well. And it's just huge for any entrepreneur to not get that complacent part, right? Not sitting still and being okay with, with the norm always constantly sharpen the sword. My other, I had another one though, right? <laughs> okay. Well, what was it? Mayo. Mayo. Are you kidding me to clean? Oh when he said that. <laughs> oh, that cannot be sanitary, but I'm sure that they cleaned up afterwards. It's just something in the, probably the vinegar and the oil, you know, and eggs. Maybe who knows, who knows what it is, but I'm going to try it on my stainless steel appliances and see if that works. 
make it all nice and shiny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. We really hope that you enjoyed it and that you'll leave us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Poppy, wherever you found us. Be sure to check us out on our website at aggiegrowthhacks.com, where you can hear past episodes, connect with us, learn about your favorite hack, and hopefully, maybe, we'll feature you in a future episode. Aggie Growth Hacks was produced by fellow Aggies, Kyle Ackerman and Ben Wiggins with Podcast Architects. We also want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a entrepreneur, head over to their website and find a program that's right for you. Just search up McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship in Google and head over there right now or click on the link in this podcast. Join us next time when we connect with another Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and giggle. Whoop!